Hello, and welcome back to yet another episode of Daisy Danzels with your faith, Samia and Kushi. As you may know from the title already, today is a very, very, very special episode for us. We have the one and only actor, producer, and all-around amazing human being, Mindy Kaling, here today. Mindy has been a super influential and defining voice for the Indian American community in the film and TV industry for the longest time. She's always been a huge inspiration for us both, and it's truly a blessing to have her on here. If you remember from our very first episode, we've talked about having her on, and to see it finally unfold is absolutely miraculous. Totally. We're so stoked to have you on, MK. And as always, we would like to extend the biggest thank you to every single one of our listeners. Without your support, none of this would be possible, and we appreciate you all so much. We've already surpassed 500 listeners all over the globe, which is insane. From the UK, Canada, Hong Kong, Puerto Rico, India, Guatemala, Australia, and more. We would also like to thank our friends, Audrey and Jody for making this possible, along with Elena for being a phenomenal communicator throughout this whole journey. In this episode, we cover Mindy's experiences, thoughts, opinions, and her journey to become the amazing person she is today. So pop those earbuds, headphones, or just turn up the volume for this fun-filled superstar episode. So let's hop in. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Daisy Damsels. Today we have the one and only, the woman, the myth, Mindy Kaling on with us today. <laughs> well, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me, guys. <laughs> so course, this is amazing. Yeah, so we're we're just going to dive right in. Um, so first question we have, um, Mindy, as you already know, we're Indian American and in high school, and we know that you've had similar experiences and you grew up in the States. So can you talk um, to our listeners a little bit about that? Sure. Um, so my memories of high school are just that, you know, kind of what you would expect. Like I was a overweight, smart, friendly kid you know, Indian kid who's pretty, you know, my parents are pretty strict with me. And I was just obsessed with comedy from a really young age, like from, you know, from six or seven years old, I remember being like, just loving it. But all through elementary school, I'd always want to watch, you know, at that time, there's this thing called Messy TV on NBC on Thursday nights. And so, you know, I would watch those shows and I wasn't allowed to watch a ton of TV because um, my parents, you know, they didn't think it was the best thing for me, but I was just always sneaking it. And then I got into Saturday Night Live when I was in seventh and eighth grade and I became obsessed with that. And it's kind of just, it kind of revealed itself really young. And then I just knew that that's what I wanted to do. And I've been on that trajectory ever since. I know. I love SNL. I'm totally with you. <laughs> Right? So fun. And then what about, so I know that um, it's always stereotyped that Indian kids should become doctors or engineers. So did you ever have problems with that, especially when deciding what you wanted to major in in college and all of that stuff? So I think um, my parents, my mom was a doctor and they, they would have both loved if I would have been a doctor too. But I think from a really, really young age, I I showed that I was not good at math and science, which is <laughs> for Indian parents and my parents' generation, a real tragedy. But so there wasn't this expectation I would do it because I had never shown that I was good at it. You know, I, I like luckily had proven over the years that I was not going to be good at that. Would they have loved if I was a lawyer, you know, when I was 
21 years old and I graduated from college, would they have loved that I became a lawyer? Definitely. But, um, you know, with my folks, that made it a little easier. So um, talk to us a little bit about who you were and um, how you found yourself in college. Uh, you know, I have to say like who I was, I was, I was very similar as I was when I was in elementary school and high school. I was incredibly ambitious, um, friendly, chatty Indian kid, completely unstylish, didn't know how to do my makeup or my hair, um, anything like that. But I went to college, um, like I said, knowing exactly what I wanted to do. Like I wanted to be in an acapella group. I wanted to be on an improv troupe. And um, I figured once I get in those places and I'm with like-minded people, I'll make friends and they'll be my friends for life. And, you know, to my 18 year old credit, like that kind of was true. Like all my best friends now are the ones that I'm made from my, those kind of groups. And the cool thing about college for me is that in high school, you don't really, at least in my school, there wasn't like a comedy newspaper or like, you know, anything like that. Um, and so when I went to, when I went to college, finding people whose interests were those specific things, who love TV, love film, love theater and wanted to do that, uh, felt like just such a breath of fresh air. Like I finally felt like I had like met my people and I didn't care about academics anymore. Um, I didn't, you know, I didn't want to go to grad school. So I didn't feel like I needed to have good grades. So college was just fun. It was just about making friendships. Like I obviously like went to classes, but it was really about the extracurriculars. And yeah. you went to Dartmouth, right? Which is, that's amazing. Yeah. That's definitely one of my top schools. I love Dartmouth. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And like you, like you said, I think it's really important um, having friends that are like like-minded, like me and Kushi, we work so well together because we just have so many things in common as well, which I think makes our, gives us such good chemistry for this podcast too. But sure. um, you've talked about being a diversity hire and just being there for intersectionality. Has it gotten better over the years? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think the, the biggest thing when I got, when I came out to Hollywood in 2004, um, it was really rare on writing staffs to have, first of all, any people of color, but you were excited if there was like another woman there, you know? And even on The Office, I was the only woman and the only minority for the first season of the show. And so I think that uh, that has changed. I don't think there would be any writing staffs that look like that now, um, which is amazing. Um, and um, yeah, just like the content that's on TV, like the fact that I could have my own show, I think is, would be, I think I was the first Asian American woman to have like a, a sitcom that lasted more than a year, you know? And so I think that the, that is not unusual now, but that, that was unusual even in 2012 when I started doing my show. And so that kind of thing um, has really changed in each year since then. I feel like all my favorite shows star women now. Like I, those are the shows I mostly wanna watch. And, um, and, and so there's been huge strides but there's obviously so much more still to do. Um, I think there's not that many women, uh, women of color who create their own shows. I mean, it's still a very tiny percentage compared to white men who get that opportunity. And so I think we still have some, some work to do behind the scenes. Yep, definitely, I agree. But um, so next question, um, who's your biggest inspiration? Who's my biggest inspiration? Wow. You know, gosh, that's such a great question. I get inspired by so many 
different types of things. I, I'm really inspired by Ava DuVernay, who is not in the comedy world, she's in uh, the drama world, because not only is she writing and directing everything she's doing, she's also an activist. Like she's using her platform to uh, create just like create spaces for younger people, diverse people to come up. Like she's, she's has this new, this new program that actually debuted, I think today or yesterday called Array Now, which is a database of minority directors, writers, um, uh, lighting guys, camera operators, like, and because um, she's heard from so many people over the time, like, hey, Ava, do you have any recommendations for this? We're looking for a diverse uh, writer, editor, composer, and she just did it. And so someone like her, I, I almost think like, it's that old saying of like, Beyonce has as many hours in the day as I do. And you're like, that's how I feel about Ava. Where I don't know how she has the time to be directing and doing all that as an artist, but then also is so, feels so responsible to her community. And I, and I so I, I really look up to her. Yeah. And I remember reading an article about her and she, she truly is a force to be reckoned with, you know? For sure. Um, Next question. This one's kind of a fun one, but do you speak any other languages? No, I wish I did. So my um, dad is Tamil and my mom was Bengali. And so they met each other, not in, they're both Indian, but they met in Africa and they met each other speaking English because they, they didn't, that was the language they had in common. So growing up, the only language that they spoke to each other was English. So I grew up only speaking English, but I would see my mom talk to her siblings in Bengali and my dad would talk to his siblings in Tamil, but it wasn't enough exposure that I learned either one. Um, and so I always regret that. Like, I think it would be so cool if I had learned Tamil or Bengali and could talk to my kids uh, in in those languages. What about you guys? Um, yeah, so we both, our parents are from the same part of India, the same city actually, um, oh. from Gujarat. Um, and we both speak Hindi, Gujarati, and English. And we're oh, learning nice. Spanish too, but it's in the process. <laughs> That's so impressive. You guys speak three and a half languages, basically, almost four. Wow. <laughs> so with, with each other, how do you guys speak? Like, what do you guys usually speak when you're talking to each other? Okay, so it depends if we're in public or not. <laughs> so when we're together, we'll just speak in English. And then if we're in public and we just want to, like, gossip, we'll just talk in Gujarati. <laughs> That, that is so funny. And so did your parents, like, did they know each other when they were in India or was that just a coincidence? They had grandparents know each other somehow, but our parents didn't. Wow. I know. It's such a small world. They, I think that they like live like pretty close to each other. So, so in, in Charlotte, is there a big Indian community? Um, it's not, it's not that big as it is in like places like California or New Jersey, but it's, yeah. it's, it's decent. It's like, medium size, you know? Cool. That's so awesome. <laughs> um, next. So next question. Um, what, what has been your favorite movie, TV show, or project to work on and why? Wow. Okay. That's a really great question. So for me, um, my favorite TV show to work on was my show, The Mindy Project, because I got to be the showrunner, the creator, and the star of the show. And that was, I was like, I learned so much from doing that and um, it gave me skills um, that are completely like invaluable. I could have only learned it by doing it. And I don't think there's that many people probably like on two hands, the people in Hollywood who get to create the, their own show that they, that they've written and get, they, they get to star in it. And so to me, that was really fun. And I met 
a lot of people like Ike Barinholtz and Matt Warburton and all these people that I continue to work with on all my shows now. So I, I love that. But, you know, it's so hard because I love working on The Office, obviously, and I, you know, wrote so many episodes of that. And I, I'm still like such good friends with so many of the cast members. So that was about, honestly, that was about 20 years of my life <laughs> between those two shows, you know? And so those two are probably my favorite. Um, in terms of movies I've worked on, I was in this movie called Inside Out where I did a, a voice in that, which I- You were discussed, right? Yes, the I green one. <laughs> and the green one. And that, that movie I'm really proud of and it, it really makes me cry when I watch it and I love the message of it. And then I wrote a movie called Late Night that I starred in with Emma Thompson and um, which is a little bit about the, my path to get into the business. And I, I just, I love that movie. I, I, and Emma's like so incredible as an actress and so funny. And I learned a lot from watching her. And then I think that um, my favorite, the, uh, what was it like, if you can talk, if you can tell us a little bit about your experience, I know that you made Dosas with Kamala Harris, who's now the sitting vice president of the United States. What was that like? Uh, it was really humbling because she's such a good chef. And you're like, wait, how, because at that point she was the senator from California. And I was like, how are you able to do, be such a good chef and then also be a senator? And so um, it, it was really incredible, you know, because it was back then, it's like she didn't have security. It was just, she rolled in with like one, you know, her niece, Mina Harris, who's a friend of mine and uh, the head of her communications. And so it was just like this cool, like this, it was like, like, I don't know, it was, it was really exciting because my daughter is obviously mixed race and Kamala is and her head of her, uh, head of her um, communications. I think it was her chief of staff actually is Indian. And so it, it just felt awesome that it was all these like cool, diverse women. And we just shot this little video and um, it was so fun to welcome her into the house. And I have a great photo of my daughter with her, which, and you know, I, I felt like you guys probably did when she got sworn in where it just felt uh, so significant and moving that she's there now. And that, you know, for kids your age, you're like, yeah, no problem. I could definitely be vice president, president, no big deal. It's so cool. Yep. Um, so your, your charisma, your courage, your confidence is definitely something that I've always looked, looked up to personally. So to all the little girls, um, listening to this podcast, if there was one thing you could tell them, what would it be? Gosh, uh, that's very nice of you to say. Thank you. <laughs> um, you know, I think the biggest thing was that, so I got encouragement from my parents and, but that was it. Like, I did not go to an elementary school where they were constantly telling me like, oh, you should be on camera. You should be writing. Like, no, I, I was, for the teachers that I had in elementary school and middle school and, and even in high school, I, I'm sad to say for the majority, I felt like they, they had the people that they were pushing forward. Like I was never the star of the play. I was never had like, you know, the, the solo and the singing group or anything like that. And I had to, um, you know, especially young people, I think we're really used to a lot of positive feedback all the time to encourage our dreams. And the one thing that I had, and I don't know why I had this, was I had enough confidence and encouragement that came from within so that when I wasn't getting it from other people, it didn't deter me. So I think that that is a really, if you can do that, if you can keep going, even though you don't have you know, you'd, you'd keep, I remember just, you keep seeing the same people get cast as the lead in the play, like every single time. And the same people like, you know, 
getting to do things that you want to do. And I just had to be like, that's okay. Like my time will come. And, um, I, that's my advice is to be able to keep thriving and doing well without encouragement sometimes. Yeah. That determination is, it's, it's definitely a quality we all want to have, you know, and your time has definitely come. You're, you're amazing now. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. Determination. You said it better than me. I, I think that's exactly what it is, is just having determination. It's, it's, funny, it's so funny. I think people say like, they think it's confidence, but you're right. It's determination because it's more tough. T- it's like, it's like more tied to like hard work than it is to just feeling like, I think I'm so great. It's like, no, I don't know if I'm so great yet, but I think I could be great. And I'm not going to let the fact that other people aren't telling me that yet deter me because I know that one day I will be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Having that, just having a goal in mind or like that determination really it's really, it really helps as well. Seeing um, but, potential, yeah. Yes. Um, but another fun question, um, what are your current obsessions so far? Like favorite song, movie, TV show? Well, of course, I'm into the new Taylor Swift re-records of all of her original songs. I followed that whole drama, like like everybody else, I followed it really carefully. So I'm really excited for all of her re-records. I already listened to Love Story. I think it sounds great. Um, in terms of shows, I love the show Insecure. I love the show Barry. I know they're like, they're so different, but in terms of comedies, those are what I'm really into. Um, and yeah, I love my dramas. Like I was so into like Big Little Lies and I, I love this new trend, which I think is great of like 40 and 50 something women who dress fabulously and everything in murder mysteries. I feel like that's a, a thing that's happening right now with like The Undoing and Big Little Lies. And um, I just, those things are really fun to watch. Yeah. So what about you guys? What are you into? I want to hear what you guys are into. Oh, oh my God. Okay. So this is like, I'm into true crime, but it's like, like I'm really into it. So like criminal minds, I'm obsessed with like Matthew Gray Googler. Um, also what else? Um, how to get, how to get away with murder, all of that. It's just in my ballpark. That's awesome. Uh, for me, um, I personally like watching, um, Asian dramas, especially East Asian, like Korean dramas. It's just kind of like my forte and it's like kind of my way of like getting out of reality and just like looking at the soap dramas and being like, oh, dang, I'm so lonely, but at least I can watch this. (laughs) That's cool. I got it. Any recommendations? I want to watch a Korean drama. Oh, yes. I was rewatching this one show called W the Two Worlds. And it's about um, a person like her dad has this comic book and she goes into the comic book and falls in love with the main character. And it's like super because it's like um there's like mafia and this that and it's really good that's awesome oh my gosh I love that (laughs) we love our dramas you know (laughs) yeah of course and then currently I know that with like COVID-19 and everything um are there any like are there any projects that you're working on it could just be um any motivation or any goals that you have for yourself or any new projects that you've recently landed Yeah, I have a lot of cool things going on right now. I have a new show on uh, HBO Max called The Sex Lives of College Girls, which is really fun and juicy and kind of sexy. That's a a comedy. Um, I have a new show, uh, animated show called Velma, which is like, if you guys watch Scooby-Doo, it's the Scooby, it's the origin story of Velma. It's kind of like told through her point of view as like the smart one that everyone kind of underestimates. Um, So I think that'll be really fun. And I'm working on the script for Legally Blonde 3. Um, and so, yeah, those are kind of my my things that I'm doing right now. 
I love and, Weekly Book. Oh, and um, and the second season of Never Have I Ever is is going to come out maybe later this year. Oh my god. Okay, would you believe it if I told you I binged Never Have I Ever in like two days? It was crazy. I, <laughs> too. I binged it in one. Oh my god, I'm so happy. That makes me because you guys are it's literally the demographic. So if you if you weren't watching it, then I don't know who would be. I love it. I think that um, Davy was portrayed by my three like she just fit the role perfectly it was amazing oh good I'm so happy I'm so happy that's so great so they've been shooting now we've it's so hard to shoot during COVID because like you know everyone has to wear masks and then right before they say action they take their masks off but it's um it's hard to do like a a teen show where there's like kissing and stuff when there's like literally COVID going on so it's like they've so they've been real troopers, but yeah, my tree's incredible. I'm, I'm so happy you, you like that. I, I'm always impressed by people your age that know themselves that well. And cause I, you know, like the fact that you guys have this podcast and you are reaching out like, to people, like I never would have thought of doing something like that when I was your age. And it's so impressive. And I put you guys in the category with her where she is not just acting in things. She really wants everything she does to mean something. And she feels really identified with her Indian roots in a way like I was so embarrassed. There was no other Indian people. I was like, ah, like, no, I don't want to, you know, confront my ethnicity, but people, your generation, you don't have that. And it's really, really inspiring. And then on the topic of never have I ever, I know I, I shouldn't be asking you this, but are you team Paxton or are you team Ben? <laughs> well, I, this is going to sound like such a cop out, but I was there shooting with those guys last week and I saw a couple scenes with Ben and then a couple scenes with Paxton. And it's like, you know, Jaron who plays Ben is so cute and funny and just like, um, he's so quick. And I think like, I often feel like you're attracted to the person that is challenges you, you know, like you, I feel like you see that on TV shows a lot. And so, you know, that's so appealing, but then Paxton is just like, you know, it's that teen fantasy. He's got like the bod and he, you learn more about him and his past and um, his hopes and dreams this season. So it's really hard. I got to say, it's really hard. Um, <laughs> probably, I don't know, maybe, I don't know. Do we team Paxton? I don't know. He's in the dream book. I, I don't know. It's controversial. Who knows? <laughs> oh, next question. Um, next question. Um, so what are your greatest strengths and weaknesses? Oh my God. That's a tough one. Okay. I have a lot of weaknesses. I don't know what my greatest strengths are. Um, my biggest weaknesses are I'm super impatient. Um, I've always been. And, um, I think that my impatience, it, when I'm impatient with things, cause you know, I, I run a couple different shows. It's never tinged with any like anger. I'm just incredibly direct, but that um, can really hurt people's feelings, particularly people I like love and care about. So that's a huge flaw of mine, a weakness of mine that I have to, um, I have to work on. Uh, another weakness of mine is I'm a huge procrastinator. When I work on scripts and things like that, I was, I, this is something I was this way when I was your guys' age and I'm still this way now. I always wait to the last minute. So I know that the things I make could be better if I started them earlier, but I just don't have that, that gene where I can, I can do things like that. Um, other weaknesses, I spend money on stupid stuff. I love clothes <laughs> and makeup and I could be better about saving. Um, you know, I didn't always have disposable income. And now that I feel like I've had some success and some money, I'm like, <laughs> I spend it on stupid stuff like that. My strengths, I think, um, I think I'm good at finding young voices and 
seeing the potential in young people and and hiring them to be on my shows uh, because I like their point of view and then fostering that talent until those people are, you know, are like real writers in the business. So I think I'm good at that. And I think I'm good at editing. I know that's like really specific, but when you, when we first see a cut of a show, I think I'm really good at, I've done, I did this at the office for all my episodes, but I would edit all my episodes. And so now I think I've, I'm good at doing that with my shows now. Yeah, I know. I, I've, I, we definitely see um, your talent on all of your shows and everything you've been part of. So I definitely agree. Thank you. <laughs> um, so next question. So in your book, Why Not Me, um, that I love, I have it on my um, on my dresser. Um, you discuss stories about like your lowest points in life and your brightest and your funniest. So if you had to choose like one focal or one turning point that really opened your eyes um, through your vibrant and inspiring career, what would it be? A big turning point to me was when I was 23 and I had a pilot with my friend Brenda in LA and it was a show that we'd written called Mindy and Brenda that we were supposed to star in and we had been actors in New York and I mean writing had always been my first love and I acted kind of just because it was easier than hiring someone to come be in things but I remember it was so it was actually pretty traumatizing but it was very useful to me um, later we had to audition to play the roles of Mindy and Brenda in our own show and having to sit in an, in a waiting room with other actors who are just like way more traditionally beautiful and thin and all the rest of it, and then auditioning and then not getting cast as ourselves was one of the biggest, um, just like shakeups. I think when you're young, you tend to think you live at home, you go to school, there's people there to make sure that things are fair. You know, you, you can always count on your teachers and your parents to at least try to make things fair. And then when you leave school, and you're in the world and it's, you know, and something like that happens and you're like, this is just not fair. Uh, and then they're like, yeah, no, it isn't. That's just the way that life is. Uh, that was a huge, um, huge moment for me in terms of my maturing and um, kind of, I felt like I was really naive before then. And it also made me realize, okay, so this is, a, that was a horrible working situation, but it made me really realize that the office, which I did almost immediately right after, was the ideal situation where the show was not about the actors being gorgeous, the people being, you know, traditionally gorgeous. It was about just people being really real and really funny. And I think that the fact that that show has stood the test of time and is now so popular on Netflix, or now it's on Peacock, but that's so popular with young people now um, is really life affirming because it felt like that show had its priorities straight and, um, karmically that just you know makes me that made me feel good yeah I le I really love and I really respect how you look at like the good and the bad because I've always found it like hard to like look at both sides but that's definitely a quality I'm working on um and then last question um you have you have two beautiful kids um and throughout interviews we see you nurturing and instilling the values and beliefs that you make that you that make you amazing into them. Talk to us a little bit about what it's like to be a mother and especially with your busy career. How is it? <laughs> Thank you for saying they're beautiful. Uh, my daughter's three and she is um, sometimes does not act beautifully. I will say that. I, it's, it's great. You know, during 
the pandemic. I had a, I have a five month old, so I gave birth during the pandemic and into a little boy um, who's baby now. And so I think one of the good things was I'm such a workaholic. I love my job was that I had to spend time at home and my kids get to see me all day. Even if it's like in between like things like this, I just get to touch base with them. And um, I think as a mom, I would not have been so present unless I had been forced to be because I had, my parents worked, they both of them worked really long hours. And so what I'm used to is kind of not really seeing your parents that much, you know, like I was a latchkey kid. And I think what's been nice about this past year and a half, if, you know, and it's been such a terrible time for so many people. And so there's been so many struggles is that for me, selfishly, I was just able to see them more. Um, you know, with kids, it's, you know, I, grew up with my mom and dad had an incredible relationship and it was so great to see them together and my kids aren't going to have that it's just going to be me that they they look up to and um I think that that's going to be just a I don't know what that's going to be like for them I hope that it will seem normal to them and that um you know but it's I'm still learning like every day from like from from them and I I really appreciate that I've been able to see them and spend so much time with them now yeah, I think that the pandemic definitely had um, its blessing and it's been it's been a curse more than a blessing. But, you know, cherishing the little moments is it's it's good. So have you guys you haven't been in school, right? You're still not in school yet. No, we're all. No. virtual. Yeah. And so that's been the whole year has been virtual. And then last year in like March, did you guys switch over to virtual as well? Um, yeah. Yeah, so we're we're ninth graders right now. So eighth grade year it was kind of optional. Like you know, no one really cared at the ending of the eight, of eighth grade. They were like, you don't really have to um, join classes. But this year has been it's been crazy. Um, starting high school and being on a computer, it's so hard to like make friends and all of that stuff. And that's been one of the biggest factors of why we decided to start the podcast. We wanted people to actually be able to connect and be able to have a place where their voice can be heard. So. Yeah, well, that's right. Because when you guys start ninth grade, it's like all new kids, right? It's like you're in high school. So, and how if, have you ever seen someone in a class and been like, oh, that person seems cool. I'd like to get to know them better. Or is it weird to reach out to people? No, I definitely like if I like someone's, I try to pinpoint like tiny compliments, like, oh, I really love your shoes or like, I love your hairstyle or this, that. And like, I like to get to know other people more too, but because of this pandemic and everything, and going into high school, it's been really hard to make friends, which was probably one of the reasons why me and Kushi got back together. Because yeah. after this whole pandemic and like being our age, you realize who you actually talk to and are friends with and who you're not. That's great. Definitely. Like, I, you don't hear that about people necessarily being like, we had a falling out and now we're back, like we're friends again. I just like think that's so great. <laughs> Um, and that's all we have for you today, Mindy. I mean, this was, this was such a pleasure. It was amazing to have you on. Never in my wildest dreams would I be like, oh yeah, a couple months from starting this podcast, we would have the Mindy Kaling on, but it happened and it was super fun. Good. I loved it. It was so much fun. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of Desi Damsels. As always, Danyavad. Or Kushraho. And we hope to see you next time.